life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. This past weekend, I had a very, very weird weekend. A lot of weird things happened. You said you had a weird, weird uh, time. It started started with, uh, it's just varied, weird and varied. It started with you and I actually watched the new episode of latest season of Grand Tour. I want to get back to that. I want to get back to thoughts on Grand Tour. Some of you have asked, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. But I also happened to have, my son had a play date with his two best friends came over. Okay. So I had That's right. I think three you that. seven, yeah. eight-year-old seven, eight year old boys in the house at once. <laughs> Tearing the house apart. Here's what I didn't realize. Here's what I learned. Parenting okay. is all learning. Okay. As much as you're supposedly teaching, you're just learning all the time. Here's what I learned. Seven, eight-year-old boys, they act a lot like you think 12-year-old girls act. Okay. Over the in course of the five hours they were there, each <laughs> of the three of them had a session where they were crying. Really? Not like together, but just like different things happened like, and now they were crying. Okay. There was I love you. There was I hate you. There was really? I'm never coming by again. There was I'm having the greatest time of my life. All three of that, like, like, and never at the same time, mind you. And at one point, my wife looked at me and she was like, how is it that we're hosting what you think of when you think of how 12-year-old girls act? How is this possible? She's like, how, how on earth is this what's going on right now? They, had, really a, they had a blast. I mean, we played Nerf War, and we watched movies, and we played video games. And I do say we because there are many times where say, the dad got roped in. I was going to say, you must have been involved in a lot of this. Yes, because at some point I had to play a kind of referee to the, the preteen girl madness going on. <laughs> Okay. You know. This so, is funny. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was really sort crazy. Of like more life lessons. Oh oh man. I yeah, anyway. So wow. so at that point, you and I sitting down as we did with my wife quietly on Friday night watching Grand Tour feels like it was three weeks ago and it was like three days ago. Yeah, no kidding. That was nice. And by the way, yes, the Grand Tour is out, so season two has begun, everybody. Hello. You're back with the both of us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being on, as Todd said. Um yeah, the Grand Tour has started, so spoiler alert, we're going to talk about it a little bit, and then we've got some great debates, excellent questions, yeah, some cool stuff. loads of questions. Yeah, great stuff. All right, so uh, yeah, the guys are back on Amazon Prime here, mm-hmm. and uh, I honestly, my mouth hung open at just the trailer alone. Well, this is what money and, can um, do. Uh, yeah, no kidding. I, I guess uh, I feel like the Grand Tour has been, uh, they, they had to get past their first season, they had to experiment. Mm-hmm. They had to, you know, ex- spread their wings and express themselves a little bit and kind of figure out where they were. and Find and out what really doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. The audience has spoken. They've mm-hmm. gotten a lot of feedback. Mm-hmm. And they're in a fresh new kind of back to where they were at the peak of their top gearness. I hope so. I hope so. I felt that way looking at the, the trailer at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of creativity and less of the, you know what, we're just going to break things and smash things and do stupid stuff. We're actually going to drive some great cars and go to some beautiful places and talk about cars. It seemed like it was kind of back to that. I mean, I I was jaw dropped with you in that this is what money can do. (laughs) I mean, the, the, 
the, it could the whole... be a, they did it in a good way, though. They oh, could have spent money, and you think, really, you guys spent no, money no, no. on that? No, no. I mean, it's it like, wasn't the case. It's like when you go to a movie and you and you hear how much the movie costs, and then you realize that budget's on screen. That's what I mean about this is what money. Can sure, do. sure. You know, it, it feels like okay, we put money into production value, which is really cool, and I'm yeah. very excited. And they have, you know, it, eternal access and unlimited budget. And they <laughs> like, ran what was that a Led Zeppelin tune in the in the yeah. intro? And and I pointed it out to you because. At BBC, BBC has a special deal, if you don't know this. BBC can use whatever music they want. Yeah. And as long as it's being broadcast in England, they don't have to pay licensing fee for anything, which is why they use, like, Michael Jackson music and Beatles and Star Wars and Indiana Jones, because they don't have to pay licensing. Nobody else is paying those licensing fees because they are exorbitant. So here's a full Led Zeppelin song that shows up in their intro, and I turned to you and I went... They had to pay for that. Yeah, it wasn't just fifteen seconds. Of no, a, it was of like song. here's the song. So yeah, yeah pretty awesome. But um, <laughs> and then you know, I think, wow, what a great drone shot. No, no, that's actually a helicopter. No, they do the real. They do the real thing. Long, yeah, way. exactly. Uh, so I mean, it looks really cool. But people have talked. We've mentioned it before. Some of you have mentioned it as well. This is a travel show with a car problem. Mm-hmm. It's not really a yeah. car show. No kidding. And I'm excited about it too. I, I honestly, I'm a little cautious. Because I think the stupid ideas are yet to come this season. They, Do you? They, they were out in from episode one all the way through all of last season. Sure. I think They've some of those. Back. I think some of those. Um, why did you do that? Moments are still going to be there, unfortunately. But I'm glad the stuff that's gone. I hope the stuff that's gone so far stays gone. I mean, some of the conversation was a little off key, and everybody was trying to smile and grin and kind of why are these guys talking about this right now in well, the Conversation Street episodes? I, but if you know I, what I mean. I still feel like, like the like, studio okay. stuff is the weakest by a big margin. Yeah, even though they have a lot of enthusiasm mm-hmm. and there's a lot yeah. of electricity in the air, and you know, you know, they're excited to be there. Everybody's excited. You know what? I'm, I'm really actually. You know what? I'm most surprised about in the studio stuff. This may seem like a weird tangent. When you look at the studio stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. nobody, and I'm including the guest because Hasselhoff was on this week. Yes, he was. Nobody looks good on camera in that studio. No, the, the everybody not flattering. looks their worst. And I'm including, look, Richard Hammond is a guy that by and large is attractive and aging well. He still looks haggard. Yeah. So they, they well, the, I, I'm trying to, to figure excuses. out. Maybe they retired. I'm trying to, but no, but I'm trying to figure <laughs> so you said out. Bender the night before. <laughs> but I think it's also studio related because they don't look as yeah. bad in the films. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out is it lighting? Is it color correction? What have they done? Because nobody, and David Hasselhoff, look, I know the guy's in his 60s. I know he's been in the sun too much. I get it, but I've never seen him look that bad. Yeah, he looked pretty rough. So well. I just, I, I, I kind of feel like <laughs> I want somebody to relight the studio. That's the weirdest <laughs> critique I can think of for the show, but I kind of want somebody to relight the studio Funny. because this is television. And, and I'm no beauty queen on camera. <laughs> I will admit, and I'm still looking at these guys going, somebody call somebody. <laughs> somebody talk to somebody about this. No, I uh, yeah, the the episodes were really well shot, well produced. Oh yeah, fun to watch. I'm back in that place where I'm not cringing, waiting for what's next, mm. because I feel like they're kind of back to what they do best, the three of them, and there's less backbiting. Even though you know you can tell some of it's still scripted. Yeah, probably a lot oh, of it. And always has been. It, always has been. Which is fine, mm-hmm. but I just feel like they're kind of embracing it and just not trying to force things just because they're on the internet and we can be a little more edgy and mm, fair, you know what? Fair. Why? What, you know, let's go with fun stuff that actually works and you it's have budget enjoyable to watch. Level. 
And 11 weeks worth is a lot of production. Yeah. That's a lot of creation. I applaud them there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm genuinely excited about this season. I'm genuinely excited about the next season. I'm just more Top relaxed watching it, thinking, you know what? Okay, I'm mm. just here for the entertainment. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to see beautiful, cool things yeah. about cars. And that's kind of the mindset I always brought to with, you know, when they were on Top Gear five years ago. Sure, sure, sure. You know, yeah. Sort of the heyday of their of their height of their seasons, you know. They're also doing just hyper, hyper saturation. Everything yeah. is, is like... The coloring is weird. The color, Well, the color is just hyper-saturated. Yeah. It's like, what's the edge of the broadcast standard? And can we go 10% beyond that? <laughs> they're they're right. really, really... And I, and I like high saturation, but I was still like, wow, that's almost eye-burning uh, in, a, in a great... But hey, look, budget, man. I just... I, I applaud them. And yeah. They're, they're putting their budget on screen. Let's hope that continues. 11 weeks of it. That'll be fun. Uh, speaking of crazy things that happened this weekend... Um, Many. McLaren Senna? McLaren has introduced their high, very high-minded, single-purpose, very focused track car. If the P1 was too much of a luxury device, man, we have a, yeah luxury riding, yeah smooth riding car, and it had way too much body roll, and it was far Boy, too luxury focused. Yeah, mm-hmm. and plus it was just so. Mm, Boring is too strong, but, you know, just so staid and <laughs> it just, uninteresting. It was very everyday. Yeah, very, very, very bland. It, was, <laughs> it, it came in, in champagne colors and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've been thoroughly digging into this, as you okay. might suspect, because yeah. of the design, because of what McLaren has done. We've talked about, you know, hey, McLaren's going to be doing something. They're releasing it soon. I'm also wondering why, why now? I agree with that. It felt like a really strange We're close release. to Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're close to the holidays yeah. here. Why now? Why not wait till an auto show? Even though it will debut at Geneva 2018, I believe yeah. is what I read. But it just seems okay. You it, just it drop feels, it on us right now. It feels connected to nothing. It's just like, oh, we have it done. Let's yeah. just put it out there. I agree with you. I, I expected it to connect to something. Yeah. yeah. I've been looking at all the photos. I've been looking at the press photos, turning this car around, trying to understand the the thought behind this. And then I had to really read the design brief, even though okay. I know, written by marketing people and written by, yeah. hey, it's all the best and of look course. at us. Well, I have a very out-of-character thought on this car. Out-of-character? Out-of-character Really? Thought. Do tell. Um, this is a car that does not, should not, de- please do not get in bright colors. Interesting. Because I don't. Like a curious. single picture I saw of it in the the red orange didn't like a single picture, and then mm-hmm. I saw two or three today. I know, I know, I know. It seems like it seems like I lost my mind in like a charcoal gray, <laughs> and I actually thought that that what did you actually do, Todd? Is uh, who are you? I know seriously, but there's Where so but there's so much going on in this design that I think the bright colors because and, and here's the thing I think if you could go a full bright color like. Everything, but mm-hmm. the problem is with the one they released. You've got red, kind of, but then you've got all these black sub accents, and then you've got blue calipers, and there's so many yeah. lines and sub lines and shadow lines and this line, and, and it's it's way way too much. Yeah, <laughs> and if you could go all that color, then I might like it again. But you've got this really bright color that seems to accentuate all of the places that are dead space, and then weird blue calipers. And I was just like, my my brain hurts. Make it stop. And then I saw it, literally saw somebody else posted it in gray, and I went, okay, that feels tolerable, <laughs> Calm which down. is weird. Yeah, I, my jaw's on the floor over here. That's how strange this design I, is. I'm that I don't want it in a bright color, shocked. and I want it in gray. I'm shocked. That's how this. weird it is. 
But you're right, and it's what we've been talking about for a long time. I think beautiful, clean, classic designs work so well. We've talked about this mm-hmm. endlessly in bright colors. And this is not beautiful, clean, and classic. I went trolling. I, not trolling. Digging. <laughs> you went trolling. Well, of course right. you did. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. But uh, I'm looking at the press release here, and you've touched on it. I am reading directly. Starting now, I'm reading directly. You cannot follow a single line from the front to the rear without it passing through a functional air intake or a vent. Read, so busy, my eyes hurt. Yeah, seriously, that's the translation for sure. It says, even the thickness of the rear lights and the angle of these unique slash cut exhausts make an airflow contribution to the performance. And it says, downforce and aerodynamic balance are the guiding principle. And I get that the designer's mantra is always form follows function. Mm-hmm. This is the mantra of good design, generally mm-hmm. speaking. But this is a company that has also produced beautiful cars. Agreed. Agreed. They've also produced the McLaren X1 from 2012. I don't know if you remember that thing, but it had wheel spats. It was all in black, and it was a mm. bespoke car. Mm. It couldn't have been uglier, and everybody went, okay, everybody has Please a bad stop. day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> McLaren had a bad hair day. Yeah. No problem yeah. moving on. Then they gave us the P1, then the 720, all mm-hmm. these cars. Well, the twelve, the twelve C, the twelve C is like, is like, <laughs> is like Raquel Welch. That's okay. what the twelve C is. Wondering where this was going. Okay, <laughs> it was pretty originally, and then everybody kind of moved on, and then as that aged, everybody went. That's gorgeous. Yeah. That's the twelve C because now Good. you've got this thing, and honestly, honestly, you've created a unique, hyper expensive, ultra exclusive car that looks like somebody's shed design kit car that's a problem it's awful and many of you have written in wood h and jeff donsbach and nico all of you guys thank you for writing in i've missed names as well (laughs) nico on instagram said which is uglier the new mclaren or the urus well (laughs) wouldn't that be uh funny to debate but i gosh sticking with this mclaren it has it has to live up to something it's been named the senna i agree Arguably the greatest driver who ever lived. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be good on track. And therefore, it has to stick to the track. And therefore, it very much is clear to me that aerodynamics drove the design. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Let's try to make something beautiful within those constraints of aerodynamics. Agreed. Sometimes that's not possible. Hence, Formula One cars from the past decade... I mean, you can't say they're really beautiful, but they're very functional and they're very fast. Sure. Because you're trying to get air to do a certain thing, and Mm -hmm, that shape mm -hmm. has to look like that. So, okay, so we're trying to channel air through the whole car Mm -hmm. on all sides. The sides of the car, the top, the bottom, everything. Mm -hmm. All pieces of this car have to do something to stick it to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I get that, but it's produced a very distinctive and, I think, ugly design. You know, at one point today, I saw a photo, and I was struck by something, and I want to see if it resonates with you as well. Once I start thinking about the purpose of this, track monster, the why is this designed this way, airflow, and then I looked at the side, and I suddenly was struck by a similarity. Okay. McLaren has built their own version of the Gumpert Apollo. Ooh, that's not a compliment. But think about, if, if you think of Yeesh. the, pull up the side profiles of both those cars. Look at the way the front fenders are. Look at the way the side cut is. There's some real similarities in shape. Mm-hmm. And the Gumpert, the Gumpert Apollo was discussed widely as unbelievable track car and please look away. <laughs> and this sit inside it. And this is, or look away this when it is goes McLaren by. doing that. And I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. 
Well, there's curious decisions here. This glass in the lower panel of the door. Mm-hmm. In a race car, that's unnecessary. You've introduced glass where there should be bars, roll cage, well, safety. Well, even if it's plexi or whatever, it's just a weird choice. Maybe, but that creates, if you want a window to roll down, that creates this small window within a window shape on the side yeah. of the car. Yeah. That has to drop in the glass. That means a big piece of glass, unless it, unless it lays over the top of one another, well, then that's a huge engineering challenge. Yeah. Adds weight and complexity, and what's the point? This car also... They said, we think of this Senate as a race car, designed and built to perform on the track first and foremost. Great. And it has comfort setting. That's confusing. I'm very confused. Why does it have any setting? Yeah, it should just we have setting. We don't need comfort, sport, ha- and track. It, it just has setting. There's no settings. It just has setting just, singular. This no is how it is. Yep. It just, it is. Welcome. And there's just curious decisions all over the car. Okay, race car, but yet it's got this trick glass piece and mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. do you need that you need it for no reason honestly when mm-hmm. you're racing mm-hmm. you're not looking out that piece of glass by your thigh <laughs> you aren't if you are you've missed the point <laughs> you're, you're you're staring out your thigh to be sure if you've hit the apex what are you wrong doing why are you down look? there wrong place to look every instructor i've ever sat with has always been Let's... like eyes up no 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 i'm looking at sorry you see the exactly. cool glass panel i gotta find the look, apex i can look at the awesome. apex exactly so i think it's been designed from a side view Yes, arrow, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but if you look at this car from a side view and then you look at the rear three-quarter, it's very unresolved, and they just kind of mm. had to finish mm. it, and what do we do? It's got the active arrow all over it. It does, tons. Mechanisms that just, they look a certain way because that's how they work, and then, all right, so we kind of cobbled the bodywork and wherever it remained to cover it up, that's what we did. I'm amazed by the fact that a car maker that I truly love in McLaren I mean, yeah. McLaren is my uh, that that's my dream car company. I think as much as I like the Pagani Wyra, which I love, yes, yes, I think McLaren in general is that car that at some point I aspire to owning one, kind of like you do with a lot of the Porsche lineup. Yeah, I aspire yeah. to own a, owning a McLaren. Look, Pagani Wyra would be nice, but we're talking about seven figures and up, and oh, let's, yeah. reality will dawn before that <laughs> happens. Okay, so but but McLaren at some point those are going to come down and be in the place where I start considering what I could sell. Probably still couldn't reach it, but you see what I'm saying. So here is this this car. Yeah. From a company I so love, and I cannot believe they have somehow designed a car I don't think should ever come in a bright color. That's an accomplishment. <laughs> Bravo, McLaren. Well done. So if you're still wondering, almost 800 horsepower, production is limited to 500 vehicles, and it says that each McLaren Senna has already been assigned to a customer. Yeah. What a pretentious way of describing that. Yeah, but that's what everybody can do. We've assigned do. you a car, and... I'll which, assign you a. How much money do I assign you back in return? Which means, though, which means whatever. Ninety percent of these cars built for the track will never see the track. Correct. They will sit. They will be showpieces, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they're brilliant. But they will never ever see the track because uh, that's the most <laughs> tragic thing. Honestly, <laughs> do you want to have an off in one of these? No, I didn't think so. Well, but, but well, hang on though. If you're a person that has the money to have one then you don't care. I actually had this thought sure. earlier today. But driving... you know the secret of being rich, right? Staying rich. True. But but I had this thought earlier today driving my all of $5,000, nearly 200,000-mile <laughs> mini. I thought this that as it went around a very tight, wintry corner, and the traction control and the back end had a whole conversation. They had a whole now. conversation. Were you involved in that conversation? I was involved in the conversation. Were you just I observing? I won. Oh, you did. But there was a Good big conversation that happened. But I thought about this. <laughs> People talk about, journalists talk about mechanical sympathy. 
Yeah. And you talk about how yeah. race drivers, okay, our friend Billy Johnson and many other oh, – yeah. we, we joked about how Billy Johnson sat in somebody else's Ford GT. That's the best story. And drove it harder than the owner ever had because <laughs> race drivers don't have mechanical sympathy. Right. But here's the thing I kept thinking about while I'm driving my $5,000 Mini. The reason that I have a level of mechanical sympathy is because if something breaks, it's on me. Right. A race driver right. breaks it. He goes, I'm sorry, guys. But they'll have one for him maybe within the hour. Right, because okay? he's paid to get out there and win exactly. despite and anything. And if, if, if you have so much money that buying a car is like buying socks for me, <laughs> then I would drive a lot harder. Yeah, I agree. So I have to say, if, I, if I'm one of these people that gets one of these 500 McLarens, we're going to the track a lot. Yeah, and the designers and the aerodynamicists had a full-on battle, and everybody won. <laughs> everyone the, the got their way. The McLaren Cinna, everyone wins. The McLaren, too many cooks. The McLaren, <laughs> stop drawing, put the pencil down. The McLaren, please, my eyes are bleeding. You gave us the P1. It's beautiful and aerodynamic. P1's and awesome. And it has hybrid technology. Yeah, it's awesome. You realize this is just a twin-turbo V8. Mm -hmm. That's it, the yeah. end. Fast. Almost 800 horsepower. Yeah. Crazy. It'll sit in people's garages. Sadly, yes. That Hi. is more time on that than we probably ever should have spent. But the big <laughs> takeaway is the fact it should come in gray. Uh, let's do some car debates. We have Jesus writing in. He has a really cool one that is interesting because he's calling out a car he never liked and thinking maybe he should buy one. That's a fun <laughs> twist. So we have that going on. So that's very odd. Um, also, we have uh, Nick writing in from Ohio. He has, has questions about a tow vehicle. Yeah, baby. Which you're probably going to enjoy. And we do have questions coming up as well. All right. Hey, Seuss, thank you so much for writing in. We have answered some of his questions on social media before. And finally, he's gotten around to writing with a full debate. He's down in the Spartanburg, Greenville, South Carolina area, about five minutes from the BMW Performance Center. Mm -hmm. Yes, we would love to come. And yes, we will get a hold of you if we do end up doing that. <laughs> we would love to. So, hey, Seuss and his whole family, they have uh, four cars. Here they are, S2000. 2016 BMW 328i with the sport package in manual. Mm -hmm. His wife drives an Acura, 2015 Acura MDX, and they also yeah. have a 2016 Chevy Colorado pickup truck. And he says none of them are going away, <laughs> at least right away. Sure. So let's. So we're shopping okay. for. Okay. So wait, 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 wait. We're shopping for a fifth car? I'm unclear on that, but I think he's open to recommendations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it might be five, though. And, and he had the best line for a t shirt in here ever. Further on down, third paragraph, he says, I don't know how to drive automatics. Yeah. Is that the best T-shirt? Yeah. I don't know how to drive automatics. <laughs> confusing. I'm confused. D? N? What are D. these? Yeah, very confused. R for yeah. race? What? what? Yeah. All right. So his daily is the BMW, as he said. He recently mm -hmm. got a new job, and commute is about 50 miles round trip. 98% mm -hmm. is on the highway. Ideally, you don't live right off the highway, and your yeah. exit is into your driveway. The prob He has two problems with that, though. Besides just sheer mileage, which becomes a factor. One, the fact that this car is a lease. And two, the highway he happens to drive has a lot of debris on it that he hears hitting the car. So mm -hmm. he's worried about overall mileage against this lease. And he's worried about overall damage in the paint, which right. leads him to car number <clears> – I'm sorry. <laughs> car number five <laughs> – is going to be mostly uh, a commute car. This is insane. Already it's insane. Car it. number five is going to be mainly a commute car. But what I, what I like about this the most is the fact that he thinks he's found his car. 
Well, he's got two and suggestions in here. Well, but 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 like the yeah. his front runner is yeah. a car he's always hated, and I want to speak to that a bit. But I think it's hysterical. This is a conundrum. This really is a debate because he hated it when it came out. It's the Honda CRZ. He's thinking about getting one just for the commute only. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then when would you drive the BMW? Is my I agree. question. When would you drive any of the rest of these? <laughs> that, that's where I'm confused. Look, the S2000, okay, you take it to a canyon and track. You say that. But what are the rest of these cars doing? Right. The Colorado's for Pete Moss. The Acura's I, for your wife. Yeah. The BMW is to because you live five minutes from the BMW plant. Uh-huh. and. Now the CRC. And the S2000 is supposed to be a track car, but he right. can't take it to the BMW-sponsored track days. Right, because they only allow minis and BMWs. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit confused. I mean, these are good pro- – don't get me wrong. Jesus, these are wonderful problems we're having. I'm just a bit confused. <laughs> the thing, thing I want to speak to, though, real quickly is this CRZ. Now, you and I actually kind of like that car for what it is. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. His point was when it came out, he thought it was just not good enough in any category, not high enough gas mileage, not good looking enough, not competitive enough against things like the Honda Fit, which were getting almost the same gas mileage. Sure. He had the question that honestly we did ask when we reviewed it, which is who is this car for? Agreed. Which we posed that question when we first came out with it. And it didn't sell in big numbers. But what he's noting is now all of a sudden he's going, isn't that the perfect car for the situation? Now, Jesus, here's, here's why I'm going to kind of back your play. Hmm. Here's one thing, and I'm going to speak directly to my own experience, my own recent experience. I think it's very possible for you to look at a car when it is new and be like, what? It, that, I don't get that at all. I, I don't like that. It I don't, doesn't make any sense. But then later on, when they become ridiculously cheap, now it makes sense to you. And that's how I feel about the Mini. Fair enough. I like the Mini brand. But every time I really think about one as a new car and I see what they really cost, I think something else wins for the same kind of money. Sure, sure. That's, that's what tips typically – and one of the reasons people have asked me before about why don't you recommend a Mini? Well, because for GTI money, I'm going to tell you to get a GTI. Well, yeah. You know, that, that's the problem. Or, you know, for Golf R money, you can do a Golf R money in a Mini. I get a Golf R. You know, these things happen. Or, or Focus RS. Or, I really like the Mini. Sure. But it keeps getting beat by other things when you're paying new prices. But at $5,000, I wanted a Mini. The things that, that are in the top of their class in each category, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. gravitate towards those naturally. Sure. Of course. Well, he's saying a high mile 2011 or 2012 CRZ with a manual are between seven and nine grand. His budget is at seven, but could stretch to nine if he finds a really nice one, forty to sixty thousand miles. Yeah, yeah. He's been looking for two months, crazy enough, and now he's thinking, well, do I get you know a later model, a thirteen or a fourteen CRZ with low miles because they're ten to twelve grand, rather than getting the higher mileage car? But now, if he spends that money on a really nice CRZ, why not get the Mini, the fourteen Mini Cooper Yeah, he's, S, he's also found a Mini in this price, which, yeah. I have I have a couple of recommendations for Jesus here. I I like your thoughts. I'm definitely leaning towards the CRZ, but then I think when would you drive the BMW? That's Agreed. my big thought because you're right. Those CRZs are great at what they do. Mm-hmm. They're not designed to go be a track car, even no. though I found them delightful and a quite a laugh. Well, on but track. you wrote drove the tuned one that was almost fifty grand. Too. It was. It wasn't that much. It was, it was it mid forties. Like, it was mid forties. No, yes, it was. No, there was, was a four on the front no, of that that no, number. There yes, was there was. Not. Anyway, we'll have to look this up. I I liked that car, and I thought, okay, but as an all around all the time, no, of course no, there's other cars no. I like. 
but I just keep coming back to the BMW. The problem is, I would say, get rid of that car if you're getting the CRZ. I think, honestly, Jesus. But it's a lease. I think you get rid of it, period. I think, I think the BMW is a car without a purpose in, in, your, in your scenario here. Mm-hmm. Whatever you get to solve this commute problem of just put miles on it and don't worry about it getting beat on, you're just, if, you, if you need to go out and pick up stuff, you're going to take the, the Acura or the Colorado. If you're going to go out for a fun <laughs> track day, you're going to take the S2000. What is the BMW doing if it's not commuting? If you got a fifth car, you have a car for every business day of the week. Seriously. Wow. Well, it's Tuesday. Take that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I do think that the Mini uh, – pardon me, the Mini. I do think that the BMW goes back, and then you figure out what you want in its place. There hmm. is a twist here about the BMW club, though. Yeah, yeah. So he's heavily involved in these local events, includes autocrossing at the Performance Center. But again, they only allow BMW's minis and, of course, Rolls Royces at the track. Are there any Rolls Royces out there at the track? Does anybody? (laughs) I'd love to meet you. I'm going to autocross my Phantom. Oh, by the way, I can't get around this corner. Because it's three times longer than the next shortest thing in the next longest thing in the field, but it's okay. I'll just take out the cones. It'll be fine. I'm gonna make exactly. I'm gonna make this chicane a straight. Is everybody okay with that? <laughs> just get, the suspension will soak it right up. You won't feel a thing. Anyway, so he's saying, should he just get the mini and go ahead and spend double the price because he's actually getting the car he wants or getting the better car, or should he consider something else totally? Mm-hmm. But if he gets the mini then no point in having a Mini and a BMW because he could autocross either car at the Performance Center. I know. The, these, are, these are weird problems we're Let's having. Let's start with getting rid of the BMW. I think Let's start I there think because it doesn't sound like I he do. loves it and he's too precious with it right now. Mm-hmm. If you weren't and you were just, you know what, whatever, you wouldn't have this problem, right? Yeah, and I also think the fact that it's a lease is kind of holding him back from mm-hmm. doing other things with it too. Right. So I, I have a couple of recommendations working off of his two things, which – just for review, because I can't believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is the commute car for hopefully less than ten grand. That's really where I landed. Ideally, yes. Okay, so less than ten grand. Hopefully, we'd like it to be a BMW related product, so he can take it to the performance center. Right. I see that. Right. Okay. Um, and then, of course, he keeps being haunted by. Now I understand the CRZ. I I get that. I get when that happens. <laughs> um, the CRZ is okay, but I'm trying to solve your BMW problem. Right. If you were going to go CRZ and you were going to spend ten to fourteen grand, I'm going to tell you Fiesta ST because not precious, mm. fun. Mm. You can commute. Okay. You still you you want a manual transmission? Great, fine. We're not. I'm not going to go that route because it doesn't do the BMW Performance Center. So, um, what about a Z4? Okay, the Z4 coupe now convertibles used, obviously convertibles all day long, but Z4 coupes, yeah. not the M. The M's going to be twenty grand, sure, but just a coupe. Just thinking, let's go shopping for coupes. I'm actually going to do a live one here while I'm thinking about it. I want to make sure I'm not wrong here, but I'm almost certain these are around. You're not going to get the big boy engine, but you don't need it. It's your commute car, and you're talking about autocrossing, so you don't need all the power in the world. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a Z4 coupe. Why not? I'm looking at them here multiple for ten grand and under. Um, okay. Now, a lot of them are going to be convertibles. The coupes are going to be a little harder to find in this price. But, man, the, we've talked about it before. Chance and I, if we're finding convertibles for like five grand. Yeah, but he's got a convertible S2000. I, I don't want the convertible. I want him to get a coupe. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Agreed. So I think the Z4 solves your BMW problem. Okay. Also, though, why are you shopping? Honestly, why are you shopping for a 2014 Mini? You know, they made those cars for a while. 
<laughs> just say it. sitting here. Who, who do we know that has 180,000 miles? Isn't that weird? Yeah, exactly. Decade old Mini. Do we know anybody? So I just think if you're talking about a BMW product and a disposable car for commuting, get a cheaper, older Mini. Hmm. Hmm. And say, I mean, you don't want to spend 14 grand. Don't spend 14 grand. Spend nine. What Mini can you get for nine? And then also that takes the BMW out of the equation, right? I think so it, no more I, BMW. The just BMW goes away. that's being leased, Jesus, it, it's please return that to BMW. Mm-hmm. We're, we're staying with only four cars. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Pickup truck, SUV, a car, and the convertible S2000. They are four very different cars. They are. But he's talking about but adding a fifth. The fifth is unnecessary. It. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Tonight's T-shirt is four cars, okay, five is too many. <laughs> but far is too much. Oh, wow. Man. All right, we tease, we tease. I say also get rid of the BMW. Forget the Mini. Forget the CRZ. Okay. There's Where'd money you go? being paid towards that lease of the BMW currently. Yes. When that goes away, we've just freed up some cash. Excellent point. You're right. There's extra cash there. I'm Fair a financial point. advisor. I, I, wow. If you need I, wait. Paul's about to spend some money. Paul is about. But this is the thing you you need to hear the drum beating. No, Paul's about to spend no, some serious no. money. The the BMW payments being added to that fourteen grand. We're gonna throw down right now. Well, I might be adding. It's it's the new math, right? So it's I'm just thinking the Paul math. But anyway, to keep it all, you know, just keep it all here. I'm saying two twenty eight i or M two thirty five i as one. Yeah. Because, all right, maybe the nine to seven grand is the down payment. And then whatever you were already paying on that is, now your, is your, now your monthly payment, but you own the car yeah. and go drive it. If you're going to autocross it, great. It's an Just excellent autocross let it exist. driving car. I see that. That's your commuter car. You can do everything with it. But you don't need to do everything with it because, of course, you have an S2000, a pickup truck, and an SUV. <laughs> What is wrong with this equation? Desperately trying to pull us back to reality, but this is his reality. I'm just going. I'm I just trying it. to go to one. Mm-hmm. I want to drive that car all the time. Mm-hmm. Kind of car. I see that. Even though you already have the S2000, uh, yeah, I'm I'm running in circles. I'm chasing my tail. Well, but you but you're bringing up a good point though. If if we really are talking about returning that lease, it that frees is up some money cash. in the budget that exists for for another discussion. I'm glad yes. you thought about that because it's not something he brought up, and it is a reality here. I do think that's great. I'm I'm just saying, I like that a lot. I was initially thinking, yeah, go for the Mini, but wait, then when would you drive that 328? Yeah. And it doesn't sound not, like you love it not, enough yeah. to go drive it. I think you would gravitate towards a 2 Series, Jesus. Hmm, I think it's possible. And then, okay, okay, let's go carving in the S2000, and then... Back to the BMW for everything else. I love. I love when honestly, I I do love it when we shuffle the budget. I mean, there, there's one thing to blow so out the budget, great. but when we actually we actually remove pieces from the board to free up money is one of my favorite things. I know this isn't what you've recommended, dear listener, but we're just going to completely shuffle your budget and go spend the money this way. That's always fun. Yikes! I I mean, that's how we're all thinking anyway, right? I mean, everything is on the table. I I mean, that Acura is on the table. If you turn me loose, yep. I mean, yep. Or the or the pickup truck, the pickup the, the SUV can do pickup truck ish kinds of things. You'd like to buy my Lotus for how much? Yeah, I hear you. I do hear you. Yeah, I get it. It's all on the table. All right. Any other suggestions? Any other thoughts? No, I think I, I think we've more than covered that. I, I'll be very curious to hear where Jesus goes. I do yeah. think that the the proximity to the BMW Center 
and the track requirements is a really interesting curveball here. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Pushes us over the edge. All right. Well, Jesus, thank you for writing. If you have your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And yes, we are encouraging you to write in or everydaydriver.com. That's our main website, and you can find us there as well. Ads are coming your way. We will take a quick break and be right back. Hey, it's Jay Moore, and it is time for America's Lakers podcast. That's right. I'm going to be hosting America's Lakers podcast. My man, Aaron Larsoul, an analytical genius. He's going to bring to the table what I can't every Wednesday. Aaron. Yes. This is the official podcast of the Los Angeles Lakers. We are, and as the analytics expert on this podcast, I want to actually give you some props, Jay, because you were interrupting me at 42% of all sentences, and you're down to 34. What would you attribute this reduction to? I'm down to what now? 34%. 35. I interrupted you again. There's the gold standard and the purple and gold standard. America's Lakers podcast with me, Jay Moore, and my man, my brother, Aaron Larsoul, every Wednesday, podcast1.com. Hey, all let's talk a little bit about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil so much? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of motorsports and power sports, and they get it. You know, recently, Amsoil created a guide containing information about how to increase horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on how to coax more power out of your engine. You can get your free copy at amsoil.com driver. That's right. There's a code connected to this show, amsoil.com slash driver. While you're there, you can find out about all of Amsoil's products. Remember, they've got their Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil. says it delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss than what's required. Now, I'm not a guy that tests these things, but these tests exist, and that's the stat. Remember, go to amsoil.com slash driver to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower. You can do that right now. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We're back with Nick, who's written in with something that has to be pretty close to your heart right now, Paul. He's asking tow vehicle <laughs> questions. I'm Yay. guessing that's why you picked this. Uh, well, who, me? I'm not yeah. that much of a foregone conclusion right now? Well, because you're looking for tow vehicles. I Maybe. get it. I get it. And he's he's looking for a tow vehicle. He drives a interesting oddball tow vehicle, the 2009 Kia Borrego, which he describes as the Korean Ford Explorer. Uh, not very many of them in the U.S. I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing, but there they are. If you let it roll off the tongue, it could almost be Italian. Borrego. Uh, or maybe exactly. Spanish? I don't know. I don't know what I, it means. I'm, I'm ejecting from that conversation. So it is three rows. It does, uh, it does tow things. When they got it, they decided to upgrade their trailer. Mm, yeah, they right. have a better tow capacity. So now they have a 21-foot <laughs> travel trailer. We can tow more. We should get a bigger trailer. Isn't that how it works? Our trailer's too big. We should get a bigger tow vehicle. Isn't that how? <laughs> this is back how it works. Forth, back and this forth. This is how it works. <laughs> I can't believe we got we able to get a house that was this big two years later. We need a bigger house. Why does this happen? Exactly. This is bad. This is really bad. Look how much stuff we have. All right. So uh, he's also talking about his wife who wants to replace her Mazda 6 with a Lexus CT200H. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like everybody's shopping. All cards are on the table. Just about, yes. I love it. All right. Well, uh, the big twist here is that he was talking with his daughter, 
Hello, Nick's daughter. <laughs> How are you? She had only one payment left for her braces, and they're just hanging out, casually chatting. And she says, well, between the braces and something else. The wife reveals this, yes. Yes. Oh, the, yes, his wife. Yes. Not the daughter. She, anyway, hello to you all. Yes. She reveals that they're going to be able to free up as much as 400 bucks when they are post braces and post other expenses. Hey, honey, we have 400 When does this conversation happen? We have $400. Would you like to spend it on a car? <laughs> yeah. So as a result, Nick has decided it is shopping time. Love it. All right. So car history, short car history. Uh, they consist of 1993 Taurus SHOs, which is who, was his dream car, which I thought was cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, used. I mean, they're fast. Yamaha engine. Anyway, I got over it, as did Nick. And then they needed more room because he and his wife had two Dobermans. Yet another twist to the story here. Mm-hmm. So that led to a 2000 Jeep Cherokee, which is a great car. Lots of camping and trips with the dogs. Great in the snow and not too bad in the Cincinnati area. But Apparently, they couldn't get it stuck, and I think all of our Canadian listeners would love to help you get a vehicle stuck. They know how to get them stuck <laughs> and unstuck, too. Yes, they do. They're experts at it. Yes, they do. <laughs> all right. So it was the, the first tow vehicle. Whatever amount of snow you're getting, <laughs> never describe it as a blizzard to a Canadian. I'm just saying, this is what I have learned. <laughs> they okay? will laugh at you. All right. So it's also their first tow vehicle when they bought the first pop-up camper with some inheritance money. Mm-hmm. All right. So this led to the Kio Borrego. Or the Korean Ford Explorer. <laughs> I love that you've turned it into an Italian car. I'm, I'm so, so confused classy, right now. It? Yes. <laughs> right. And then, uh, so now they need the three rows because of, you know, emergency trips with the in-laws. Yes. Do you, need, do you know about trips with in-laws? Do you? Sadly, yes. All right. Yes. And, uh, you know, taking his daughter's friends out, you know, mm-hmm. piling everybody in the car. And it allowed them to upgrade, as you said, mm-hmm. to the 21-foot travel trailer. So here we are. At the next vehicle, which needs to be able to tow at least 6,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking, well, I could do the truck thing, but I don't want the truck. I don't want a pickup truck. He doesn't want a pickup. So he's right. looking for an SUV replacement that he can like as an enthusiast more than the Kia. But it's got to tow 6,000 <laughs> pounds. That's not too hard, right? I, well, but maybe. You know, this is where we are. <laughs> All right. So the budget is twenty five grand and pretty firm. But Nick said that he's cool with me pushing it just a bit to see what I come up with. <laughs> and push it I did, Nick. Uh-oh. You're okay. in for it, buddy. All right. So he's looking for a nice place to be that's nice to drive, tow the camper, and the family, of course, and the dogs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do everything. Tow the neighborhood down the street. <laughs> this is where we're headed. I have suggestions. He said he would he would like to always own a V8 and a diesel if possible. His his primary where he's looked has been Dodge Durango, Jeep Grand Cherokee. Uh, he feels like those are the right size because he thinks the Ford Expedition is too big. The Ford Expedition is too big for most situations, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> it is. The, yeah, it, it's large. Um, wow. Yeah. Especially the long wheelbase version. That thing mm-hmm. is enormous. Yikes. All right. So my initial thoughts here are Porsche Cayenne, of course. I agree. Everybody probably saw that coming. Mm-hmm. And could you get them for twenty five grand? Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe not with a V8. Those might be a bit out you of can. the price range. No, absolutely. They've been could out long enough now. S? Absolutely can. Absolutely can. Okay. I mean, the, the, uh, the 08, don't get, don't get older than the 08. The 08 and up. Yeah, right. They, they fixed the coolant hoses and the V8s are more reliable and all that. 08 and up. Uh, you're buying that gen, so it's 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 the same, essentially the same one I have, which is technically first gen, but it's the point two. It's the back half of first gen as I go off into the Porsche weeds, and I'm not <laughs> even the Porsche guy. But the 08 to 2010 V8, absolutely, you could do it for 25. My bigger question though is the diesel. 
Uh, the diesel, I'm thinking it only came out with the 2014 model year, I think. Maybe it was the 2011 when that the third generation came out. Well, technically the second. Second, second generation, yeah. I guess, yeah. But I'm, well, at least in the States. I never saw them until they were 2014, at least, I think. They might have been available in Europe. But, um, yeah, I was never seeing them really. I, again, I, the, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. That's the one I feel like might be the budget blower is, is mm-hmm. shop for the Cayenne diesel. Because didn't we discover you were, you were looking? Of course you were. Isn't the towing rating on those something like 9,000 pounds? Not quite that much. It's in the 7,400, I think. Okay. Well, I think the, the, the normal Cayenne. Six. The normal Cayenne is at least that. Oh, yeah. It's above. I thought the diesel was The bigger, diesel but. might be more. Yeah. Very true. But I, I don't anyway. know that the chassis can handle it is the problem. The engine's got plenty of power. On the other hand, you could argue that, you know, Porsche just towed a jumbo jet out of the hangar, even though that was mm-hmm. pretty rigged and, you know, I have problems with it, but whatever. <laughs> it's not like towing a camper up a hill and trying to pass people. It is a little bit. You're right. They didn't, they didn't, exact, they didn't exactly tow the uh, the plane up a hill. That is a good no, point. That we was rolled it, it that, out yeah. of the hangar mm-hmm. and That's celebrated. A That's a fair point. Yeah. And okay. I'm a Porsche super freak, so... I get it. I'm I'm all about that, although I went in a different direction, interestingly. Okay. Here's the problem. Well, it's not a problem. It's your wife who wants the Lexus CT200H. And if that's what she wants, Nick, Uh-oh. I think you should get it for her. Could you do that as a separate budget debate over here? Okay. And then, once she has her Lexus, <laughs> why don't you get a Lexus? Hmm, okay. And I'm talking about the 2007 to 2014 Lexus LX570. Sure. Which, if I found the correct information, has about 7,700 pounds towing capacity, 3,500 kilograms, somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. which is decent. Yeah, yeah. And then I went looking, and I got shocked, actually, because in that price range, they were still very expensive mm-hmm. with 120, 160, sometimes 200,000 miles on them. Mm-hmm. But I successfully found you one, 2015 LX570 with 27,800 miles for just a squeak under 30 grand. I told you I was going to spend your money. Okay. (laughs) But hey, it's a 2015. It's white with tan leather. Fits everybody. It's Hmm. got the V8. Toes everything and your house. Your house will snap in the wind behind this thing. Practically, yeah. And the best part is both you and your wife would own a Lexus. Is that the best part? I don't know, but I, I thought it was I, interesting and cool. I don't and she know. might support I, I don't it know. more if that were the case. She gets her Lexus, he gets his Lexus. We're all Lexus family. I, I can't I can't defend the two cars. And in the we same dance brand around the Lexus the campfire. I, I can't do it. I can't support that. War paint. Lexus war paint? No. Lexus Lexus war paint is no war paint at all. <laughs> Let's be honest. Come Lexus on. war paint is no, no, actually I just washed my face. I, I can't put that on. <laughs> you want me to wear what? That's not happening. <laughs> I was just thinking out of the box. Anyway, that's my thought. I love the Cayenne, but if it's not quite enough or you can't find a diesel for the price range, you got to go look at the big Lexus. And I'm not recommending the Infinity because of the ugliness factor. The room is spinning with the ugly. Yeah. But the Lexus, and it's before the Ma. It's before the Predator grill. Yeah. Yes. I get that. I Up get to that. 2015 is still the prior gen, or at least the prior styling. I think it's the same generation mm-hmm. because the 2018 570 tows 8,100 pounds, okay. which is great. But prior generations weren't quite that much. So they've, of sure. course, upgraded a bit. But I was just thinking that general direction, the Lexus thing triggered me, you know, as far as, yeah. huh. You had flashbacks, did you? I it did. triggered you? Yeah. I, I went looking for to- Toyota Land Cruisers. They were similarly priced. And then I came across this 
2015 car. Sure. It's out in sure. Texas somewhere. So somebody wanted to get rid of it. Could be yours. I'm going to throw out two other ideas. Uh, and that is um, shop, uh, shop X5s. X5s have been diesel for a while. They have. Do they have Shot the same that. tow rating? Will they tow? I, I more don't than a have feather? that in front of me. They will tow more than a feather. A bag of feathers. I didn't say the X5M. I'm like the X5. <laughs> so shot that. Six. Right. Be, be careful. Dig into forums. Figure out what the bad engine combinations are on that car. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Look into that. Also, I am going to bring this up. Why are we avoiding the expedition size vehicle? I mean, I know it's big. I mean, the LX but, is big. But if you're, I'm not talking long wheelbase. I'm talking standard, which is still big. Yeah. But I do think what, what will surprise you, I think, Nick, is if you start looking at your budget versus used expeditions and used Tahos. Hmm. Sure. I'm not talking full suburban size here. And I realize this is semantics. We're still talking bigger than Jeep Cherokees. I get that. But you get into a whole different world of tow capacity where your trailer and anything you want to haul is going to be far underneath the rating of the tow capacity, which is actually where you want to be. You want to be not, not like, oh, it'll just barely tow this, and you want to be above what you need to tow. So that's the thing about going with the big boys. If you're sure. really worried about towing and you're really worried about three rows because the in-laws are in town, take a serious look at Expeditions and Tahoes. I realize they're big. I, as a guy that likes small cars and used to own a Tahoe, they're definitely big. Yeah. But oh, yeah. your money goes a long way in those cars used. Very cool. All right. Is that it for you? Uh, sure. I'm talking tow vehicles. Where am I? I? I drove over here in a Mini, and I'm talking tow vehicles. I am, And I want a gray McLaren. I am, I'm weird tonight. What on earth? Seriously. Yeah. What did you do with Todd? I, I don't know where he is. Anyway. All right. So jump into social media, guys. Thank you so much for writing in. We always ask for social media questions. And then it happens, and which is great. You guys are delivering. All right. So on Instagram, the legend continues, asked me if Porsche didn't exist. Uh-oh. What brand would you be as enthusiastic a fan of? First of all, Porsche not existing. That's hard to wrap my head around, but I'll play this game. I <laughs> Yikes. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still going German cars. I'd still go after BMWs, I think. I think you probably would. Their, yeah. their lineup is just so brilliant, and all their cars are just the history, the lineage. That's part of what is, attracts me to Porsche so much. Sure, I get that. The get racing that. Yeah. wins, yeah, yeah, yeah. the lineage, where they came from. This long line, they didn't just pop. Here's you know the brand new 911. It just it came from somewhere. Mm. I love okay. that. Okay. So yeah, probably BMW. They have that in spades. I'll keep buying the Lotus in crazy colors. Uh, <laughs> no, you will. Uh, and Robin, McLarens in not crazy colors. Exactly. Robin wrote in on on Facebook and said, "How do you control yourself from wanting to drive fast all the time? <laughs> Except of course for your daily triple, you have to get that accomplished. And then how do you calm down? Right. Uh, I'm going to answer this question very simply." cruise control my friend mm-hmm. it is it is and i say this as a guy that now owns two cars that do not have cruise control the uh the elise and the mini neither one of them have cruise control by the way i get in my wife's cayenne which has cruise control and i go what is this newfangled thing but here's what here's where i <laughs> learned this, this the hard way when i was in college i was commuting roughly 180 miles from waco where i went to school in baylor to where my parents lived at the time in houston okay. roughly 180 miles right i got into a very bad habit where every time I went home, I tried to get there a little bit faster than the last time. You're kidding me. Oh, yeah. I had that drive down to about two hours and 15 minutes, <laughs> oh two gosh. hours and 10 minutes. 
and then promptly got pulled over for speeding. <laughs> like like speeding. How fast were you doing? I don't remember because it was a Caprice classic, but it was it was it was getting close to the daily triple when I got pulled over. It was it, wow. it had to it had to be a nine on the front of that number. Thank wow. thank God I did not get a ticket for that, but I yeah, I more than deserved and, and I realized this is ridiculous. This is only going to get worse. What do I do? And I did two things. I started buying audiobooks. Okay. And I and at this point they were audiobooks on tape. This was the Stone Age. But I started buying, buying audiobooks because most you could buy a lot of audiobooks that were three hours long. So if I went fast, I didn't get the book finished. Oh my god! I did that. Was that the goal and to I used, not finish the book? And then? I used cruise control. No, no, no. The, the, because up to that point, I wasn't doing this. Okay, that was your. But I started getting three-hour audiobooks because gotcha. if I drove the speed limit, I would finish by the time I pulled into the driveway. Gotcha. It worked out really, really well. And but honestly, cruise control is the thing that keeps you from randomly creeping and looking down and going, "Why am I going 90? Yeah, true, true. That's the best thing, honestly. I mean, driving on ice in Utah keeps you from getting your daily triple. That's it can. Yeah, that, that's a factor. Keeps you I'll from say. doing your daily triple sideways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, I guess. Yeah, just cruise control is the greatest. And uh, some days I just want to cruise. You know, if I'm in the Jeep or not in the Porsche, I just don't have the urge. Other days when I'm in the Porsche, it's hard to not. I mean, my right foot is actually heavier than my left. They they weighed my feet. <laughs> well, but see, that's what I'm saying, though. I, th- I feel like because we are all enthusiasts and we're gunning people down and that kind of thing, something about it. And look, this is odd to say because I'm not a huge fan of autonomous driving, but something about disconnecting your feet from the constant acceleration rubber band mm-hmm. allows me, maybe it's just me, but it allows me to be less competitive about it. Yeah. It allows me to be just, no, 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 you know, I'm going and... Look, candidly, I'm never going the speed limit, but I'm going What's an acceptable that? speed. Yeah. I'm going yeah. a most likely to not get pulled over speed, okay? <laughs> so I'm just going to stay right here. And if you want to go faster than that, you know, blessings on you. Understand, so, yeah. You know, yeah. Agreed. Well, speaking of autonomy, B. Shobs on Instagram said that they are starting to get snow here in New England, and it's clear there are people who forgot how to drive in the white stuff. Yeah. It seems like everybody needs a refresher course every year, mm-hmm. which is true. Same thing in Utah. It's going on here, too. It's like the first rain in Los Angeles every year. You're probably better off to stay home. Not because no conditions are bad. Conditions are fine. Exactly. The drivers are just completely out of their depth. Oh, my gosh. Well, he's saying all this talk about autonomous cars has him wondering, what have we heard about the ability of vehicles in bad weather? I've been asking the same thing, and quite frankly, I'm wondering why autonomous cars are being so heavily invested and developed in a place where there's no weather. Mm. There's just no weather in San Jose. It just, yeah. maybe in January, they have a little sprinkle of rain. Mm-hmm. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Cheek. You get what I mean. Yeah, but of, course. of course. Why aren't they being developed in New England or, well, Pennsylvania has Uber. They yes. do have their facility out yes. there, and they get plenty of weather. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm wondering, you know, maybe the engineering is centralized there, but then they just send their their fleets out. You know, Arizona is a great place to test that. But then I think, well, what about mud and slush and rain in Utah and Colorado and Montana? Well, and, that's the thing. Once you start losing on visibility, those, the cameras that they use and the radars that they use are more susceptible than the, than the eyes are from yeah. picking it off. I mean, you think about the fact that most of these cars, and, and please don't get me wrong, I'm talking current tech, I'm not talking future tech, current tech, most of these cars that are doing this are reading the road lines. Mm-hmm. 
a heavy rain can obscure those. Yeah. Forget snow for a minute. Just right. a really heavy rain can obscure Blizzard those. conditions. And we are at a place in autonomy in spite of what the media would suggest, which is, oh, we're about – they're around the corner. There'll be an autonomous car in your pod in your driveway. Next. Yeah. No, there won't. Yeah, agree. We are at the place of autonomy. We've talked about this before where the machine has taken over, but the first time it's going to give up is when things go bad. Exactly Which is right. not when you're ready to hand off the problem, by the way. You're not ready to, to go, oh, yeah, I got this, because you're not really paying attention because it was fine a second ago. So that's the thing is that right now in autonomy, weather is a real Achilles heel, as are what happened to the road lines. I mean, like you're driving along and you get to the new stretch of road that they've just paid, but they haven't put road lines up. Yeah. The autonomous vehicle will throw up its hands. I don't know what to do here. No idea. Yeah. So that's the thing. And so we, once we get further along, we're at like stage two. Once we get into like four mm-hmm. of autonomy, yeah. then it'll be able to handle it. But there's going to have to be massive testing in this area to even get a chance at it. Agreed. Yeah, the sensors will change. And therefore, I am proposing a brand new product that is going to make us millions of dollars. Please. It is a two-inch long, little tiny motorized wiper with a little wiper blade that will just constantly wipe the sensor on the outside of the vehicle. So you have these little wipers going on all over the vehicle everywhere, (laughs) just little wipers everywhere, Yeah, just constantly wiping so everything stays clean and we can get everywhere we want to go. And the end, it's going to make us millions, I tell you. But I think about whiteout conditions. The car's going to have no reference points. Well, exactly. I mean, that's my concern. And I think, why aren't you guys... Now, I know testing will eventually be done here, but... That's going to be the big problem. So the sensor technology is going to have to be really ramped up and be able to cut through Mm -hmm. grime and mud and snow and all that kind of stuff. What if you have a life and death situation in a blizzard? Yeah. It happens. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I I hate to say it, but stuff happens like that. I'll give you a weird reference. We have a drone. It's a DJI drone. It's a a great drone. And, And the current versions have got really good sensors to understand where they are. Forget GPS for a second. They understand where they are in relation to the floor and the walls. Mm hmm. They're sensing yeah. those things. So you take them off, get them five feet off the deck, and they'll just hang out there. I'm talking inside they'll hang out. Right, right. The only time I've crashed our drone was inside a theater for a place I work at at Salt Lake. Really? And I took it off, and I don't know another way to describe it. It kind of freaked out. Was it inside the black, totally blacked out that theater? That was the problem. Really? The lights were up. But the floor, the walls, the everything is the same dark-ish gray color. But these sensors are are proximity based. They're they're not obviously color based or anything. They like are, that. but they're contrast based. Interesting. And if everything's the same color, the sensors freak out. And I actually, after the fact, and of course, all that happened is it was a couple feet off the deck, and I had to replace a, a prop. Okay, whatever. Interesting. But I looked up after the fact. I was like, what on earth? I've never seen it act that way. And they made the comment where they said. Do not use in all white or all black rooms because the sensors freak out. No kidding. So think about that technology, this reality, because otherwise <laughs> At night. you take off the, this drone in inside your living room, get it two feet off the deck, and walk away, and it will just sit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet in this situation, it like it lost its little mind. So think about that in relation to this, this question. Yeah, it's it's coming. I believe that, but it's going to be years before it's reliable and safe enough. And yeah, we can just count on it much like we do. We just jump in a car. We don't want to think about it. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. got to be that same level for that to come. Uh, let's see. Aaron wrote in on Instagram and asked the question. Uh, Aaron1517 wrote a question. Any advice for keeping a car clean during the winter? 
Um, and I'm actually going to, to rat on you a little bit, uh, but actually talk about okay. what I do. And that is, look, there's these drive through car washes here. Mm-hmm. And I know, look, I, I had to get out this weekend and wash the Lotus. I say had to. It was actually fine. I got out this weekend and washed the Lotus, which was very dirty from <clears throat> never seen snow. No, actually, that's not true anymore. Uh, <laughs> the Lotus has actually was quite dirty, so I had to actually clean it, which, of course, is a by-hand thing. If you paid attention to the podcast, uh, high-pressure streams of water in the Lotus do not mix. It's a notch above Q-tips, everyone. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so I had to do that. But the Mini, of course, gets the drive through as does the winter car, yeah, the Cayenne yeah. or whatever. And you've been saying to me, you were trying to figure out how to get the Jeep cleaned regularly enough in the winter. And I was like, you have to do what we do. You yeah. find one of these places that does a subscription. Now, I am a guy that kind of hates the number of subscriptions we all have in our lives now. But this is the business for winter cars, for the salt that we get here and all that kind of stuff. Because you pay for essentially two washes a month is what you're paying. Mm-hmm. But you could go through every day. You go through twice a day. Yeah. Yeah, and so when you get all the salt and madness and grime and everything, you just keep running it through. Now, that means you kind of have to have a car that you're not precious about and is also not a Lotus, but that's the solve. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and sometimes that has to happen. And if it's not the precious car, then sometimes those work. I recommend the touchless car washes personally. I know. But it doesn't always get the real grime off. Yeah, touchless is, is like non-washless for some of the junk we get here. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. All right. A. McFarland is on Instagram asking about our tips for being taken seriously at a dealership when you want to test drive a car. He says, I got lucky buying my 15, 2015 WRX only months after release. When the salesman wanted to go hoon it, but now he's looking more upmarket and he you know, wants to avoid that whole joyrider perception. Mm-hmm. I would love to buy a car dressed in tatters someday with all cash, some very expensive car, and sort of you know, blow the perception. That sounds fun, but honestly, it's your appearance. Yeah, that's a, it's a good part of it, yeah. I will also say, if you can park around the corner so they can't see what you pull up in... Mm-hmm. That will throw them. That will kind of set them on their ear a bit. Yeah. They they didn't see where you came from or what kind of car, so they have no reference point. Mm-hmm. If you didn't roll up in a Subaru, they don't know what you pulled up. It could be the Bentley parked over there. Yeah. It could be the Lexus. It could be the Mercedes or the yeah. Jalopy or whatever. They, wait, where's your car? What did you – or have somebody drop you off and say, you know what? That was my friend's car. They just dropped me off because I'm here to buy. Yeah. And you're dressed nicely. You know, and yeah. you'll be taking seriously. Yeah, you're right. If you're if you're dressed nicely, because they, they're sizing you up is what's going Very on. Very much so. So they size you up based on your car too. Yes. So if you get out of if you get out of a rundown car in flip flops, you're not driving the fun thing you wanted to drive. I don't right. care how much you argue about. I have great cash. They're going to say something about company policy, whether it is or not, yep. and you're not getting in that car. Yep. But if you come in. I mean, I was going to say clean cut, but look at how I look. So that doesn't apply. You come in looking halfway decent. Yeah, I mean, and like you actually got dressed to go somewhere today. Nice pair of looking dress do a lot. shoes. Yeah, you know, really nice. It doesn't have to be suit. No, but no, just no, 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 no. Even I'll I'll tell you, even a blazer over a shirt with some nice pants, you're taken seriously. I mean, I, honestly, and I'm going to say because I never dress that way. You don't have to go that far, but at the same time. Yeah, you've got to think about what am I wearing mm-hmm. because they're and, yeah. and as ridiculous as it is, they are absolutely sizing you up. Yeah, no kidding. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. We've got so many more questions to answer, but we can't get to them all here. Thank you again. And uh, we're looking forward to next time. We're doing uh, a little bit of upcoming travel, and uh, Todd is still in the madness of editing for Velocity Channel Season 2, starting January 6th. Velocity Channel in the U.S. Episode 1, Shipping. Episode 2, Almost Shipping. Episode 3, in Cutting. And Episode 4, in Pre-Edit. 
Fantastic. That's where we are. It's madness. Wow. Well, guys, looking forward to sharing more. Write to us. We really appreciate all your input and for following along, and we'll hit you next time. Cheers, everyone. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.